0: football Pod. When we ended the show last week, we were talking about, you know, the move's inevitable. <laughs> this news is inevitable. So, get well let's welcome our new friends Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. That's not happening. Caleb, where where's your head at on this whole freaking issue? This is oh my god, so just just so dumb. Just so dumb.
1: I mean, Middle Tennessee comes out of this looking really stupid, frankly. Uh If you're a coach or you're in athletics for Middle Tennessee State, you're probably thinking, like, the people who are making these decisions are stupid as hell. Mm -hmm. And, like, why are you putting us through this? And I understand that everybody's got to test the waters of conference expansion and find out what's best. And Mm -hmm. after all of that, the MAC has solidity. It has a foundation. You know it's not going away right now. Conference USA, you don't know what the hell it's going to look like in two years. So – from Middle Tennessee to like play this hand and be like, "All right, let's see what type of money we can get out of potentially leaving and this exit package bullshit that they're going through." And uh, Western Kentucky—it's—it's it's, it, from all thing, everything I've read, it seems like Western Kentucky is getting taken along for the ride, which would give me even more reason to be salty about my. Oh uh, yeah,
0: my yeah, my heart's kind of going out to Western Kentucky fans right now.
1: Western Kentucky should just come, be in the league and. Yeah. Just yeah, like, just
0: yeah, they should just show up on game day, and everyone's going to be like, uh, "No one invited you to be here," and they'd be like, "No, we're Mac School.
1: <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we're here." Mm-hmm. It says Bowling Green on the schedule.
0: I'm a student. I sit in class and I take notes.
1: Bowling Green.
0: Yeah, I. It's it's a whole dumb situation. So, where where were we at? It was Conference USA was breaking apart at the seam. It lost teams to the Sun Belt and the American. So they were looking to add some schools. And Conference USA swiftly did. Like they added, uh, UConn was supposed to be part of the original group, but that never happened for football only. Uh, But they still got a couple of FCS up-and-comers, Jacksonville State. And, uh, oh, God, who was the other one? Sam Houston. Then it got Liberty and New Mexico State to join from the Indy, you know, the Indy Leagues. And so it had nine teams. That's definitely enough. That's definitely enough to to matter. And they're all kind of like southern-based schools. Middle Tennessee State and Western Kentucky. You know, they were caught in the whole mist of like, where are we going to end up out here in space? Maybe, maybe the Mid American Conference is going to be an option. Everyone had their working groups. You know, they were kind of figuring out like the pennies and all that stuff of like, where are we going to actually make our money? Where are we going to save money? Where are we going to lose more money? This, that, and the other, because it's not an obvious thing we're all in a time where this is like unprecedented shit going on with conference realignment and everyone's got tv deals hanging over their heads where everybody involved making those decisions know more about the details and that than we do behind these microphones and everybody else absorbing content at home right so and even espn and cbs and fox they don't a hundred percent know where all the money is going to be allocated to how it's going to be divided up between conferences, between schools, because, you know, when everyone made these agreements pre-COVID for ESPN and all that stuff, you know, there was an assumed, okay, Akron would get one twelfth of this pie here, you know, uh, CUSA school will get one twelfth of the pie from being on stadium here, Uh, and so since everyone's kind of moving around ESPN and Fox, you know, they're going to change their decisions pretty soon on, like, what these payouts are going to look like anyways. So meanwhile, all these conferences are moving around, even though that, you know, there's some schools are like, hey, you know, this is what our good branding is. Like the Mac, you know, we're solidified 12 schools. We've been the same 12 for a very long time, and we kind of like it that way. If we're going to add, we got to do it right. The Sunbelt kind of eventually came along. They weren't doing things greatly, but now they're looking pretty smart for how they've kept teams and how the way they've added teams, particularly throughout the years. Right now, teams are at a point where, like, if you don't have a true home, you really got to make a decision and hope for the best later. You don't have time to, like, be too dedicated to the spreadsheets. Or maybe you do. I don't know about, like, what the projections say, because the projections might be clearly bullshit in a few months. So for all this hype to come up to where, like, a decision has to be made and we don't know what those decisions that have to be made look like. For them to do all this and do all the backflips and for there to ultimately be, be no decision because one school in Tennessee didn't want to go to the MAC, understandably, for some reasons, not all of them, but for some understandable reasons, it didn't want to go to the MAC, and that anchored Western Kentucky, which was floating out in space, wanted a new home, kind of has to stay in this old house in the Conference USA that it doesn't exactly want to stay in. And the Mac schools that maybe if they were kind of excited, I'm I'm not talking to anybody, but if anybody is kind of excited behind the scenes of potentially adding a 13th and 14th, not just a 13th school to the conference that has, you know, some prestige to it and something to work with, then there is something to work forward with. But now that they don't have that potential expansion, the Mac is just... It's now a same old, same old, which I'm, you know, I'm a young fuddy-duddy. I love same old, same old every once in a while. But college football needs change every once in a while. There needs some brand expansion, and that could have been a golden opportunity for the Mac. Uh, I kind of thought that, you know, okay, so Middle Tennessee didn't work out. Western Kentucky, hey, you're an obvious ad. A lot of the, you know, the discourse out here was, we'll just add that. Let it be 13 and maybe get a 14th later, but a, the 13th is still a quality 13th, but that never came to be. The MAC came out with, you know, after Middle Tennessee announced that it's staying in the CUSA, the MAC announced that it's staying the same and it's not going to vote one way or another or even invite Middle, Western Kentucky by itself to join the MAC. So it was a lot of non news bidding being spit back and forth for a couple weeks and where we're at now is exactly where we were at three weeks ago
1: yeah and i mean even as we're at like recording this episode like i just go searching for a few things and at this point it's like oh you want to go find out something about expansion let's go check out matt brown's twitter and (laughs) find out that like oh texas rio Grande valley is going to have an expansion fcs football team and so All it takes, I mean, shoot, in the landscape we're in, all it takes is, like, one FCS program to have a few good years and be a sustainable program with good facilities. Next thing you know, they're Mm -hmm. in the conversation for the next round of uh, conference conference expansion and realignment. So um, we'll be talking about somebody else in four years or three years or whatever about the moving. Um, But, I mean, for all we know, we're talking about super conferences in a few years and every conference having, like, 15, 16, 18, 20 teams. So. Um, So unless something drastically changes in that respect, that's where we're headed. Um, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you just got to like look back and kind of understand a little bit of where middle Tennessee is at. Like they, the reasons for joining the Mac, like we can go on about that, right? Like there's the ESPN deal that's already there. It's way better than I had to watch. So I, after last weekend, last weekend was their 100 miles uh, of hate game, right? And so I was like, I'll just check it out for a little bit. I got some time. And I was like, oh, shit, what channel is this on? Because you are in Cusa. And I ended up watching it on Stadium off my phone, which is not, like, my preferred way of watching anything. I don't really like, I'm not a phone watcher that much. Uh, I don't spend too much time watching reels on Instagram. But, uh, yeah, I had to watch a quarter-ish of football on my phone. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm not about to stream into a bigger TV. And so to have, like, that game, but it was still a pretty entertaining game, you know, nonetheless, or at least what I watched, uh, whatever, that's a pretty important game. It'd be way cooler on CBS Sports Network, be way cooler on ESPN, 2 I'm sure a lot of the fan bases would, like, love to have that shit. Um, and that's what the Mac offers. And the Macers, yeah, the Macers, it offers stability in a lot of other ways, too. But, you know, it's still, you're still asking Tennessee to be like, all right, Come hang out in Ohio for a lot of the year where most of the conference is in. That's a big ask. And I know it's like not the biggest drive in the world, but it is like it does affect your national branding of no longer being a real Southern school. It's or like a Southern state, even a Southern area. I don't think of Tennessee as the South. I think of or I don't think of Tennessee as the North or the Midwest. I think of Tennessee as the South, as a place where people from the Midwest go down for their bachelorette parties.
1: Or to see the Grand Ole Opry. Or to go sing wagon wheel on like the on a crowded Nashville street, sure. Yeah.
0: Hey, but we got a wagon wheel up here in the way up here in Ohio, right? In the northeast corner of it. That's true. But yeah, I mean Tennessee when they backed out middle Tennessee when they backed out, uh they said they want to be more regionally aligned with the South. Those Cusa schools that we added are, you know, like I said more southern i don't know if dr frankenstein's cusa 4.0 is going to work out or if it's going to have good national branding after this that name has got to change at some point i think um but yeah man good luck to you guys and like for western kentucky which is already like a school that recruits against a lot of mac schools right now especially miami because you know same area and all that uh yeah, just, just good luck to you guys. Oh, yeah, and, like, one thing I kind of looked at, I was looking at, like, future non-conference schedules. Uh, Western Kentucky, definitely, you know, they're cool with getting uh, max schools on their future non-conference schedules. Uh, Middle Tennessee, they don't really do that. So it's not like they they were, like, already trying to play against these teams out in the Midwest anyways. So that's just something to consider. Like there just wasn't that footprint even for September football to be had between like those two leagues. Uh, Caleb, what do you want to talk about next? I'm I'm kind of done with talking about no news. I'm kind of done yeah. with it. Not lie, I
1: didn't have much to say about it. either. I was like, this is stupid. Anyway, this no, is stupid. Uh, Let's talk about what's good. Okay. Uh, evidently the Ohio Bobcats. Now, fuck, you're gonna start with that. <laughs> I, don't I knew, I knew
0: that was going to be the first game that we were going to talk <laughs> about.
1: You, you, you should have something to talk about with it. I, like. I don't have a lot to say about <laughs> it. It's just, it's just they, I'm so glad I was wrong about Curtis Rourke. First of all, the pass game looks alive in a way it hasn't since old Rourke. <laughs> old man Rourke. And, you know, they're doing a lot of good things. So, you know, jumped out to the first quarter lead. It was kind of, it was a, Sort of back and forth through the rest of the game. Ohio, I think, was up two scores late. And Eastern, you know, still throwing the ball around. The running game is doing something still not pretty, but whatever. Uh, nice to see Tanner Canoe's name showing up in the stats again. Yeah. After being, I guess, was he injured? Yeah, he was
0: injured from, like, he, first week of practice in August yeah. uh, uh, right before the Toledo game.
1: And then Badoon and Drummond still recording a lot. It's kind of cool to see uh, Samson Evans, who's like a Chicago suburban kid, um, having some success and kind of being the go-to guy for for Eastern, even though they weren't super committed to the run game against Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ohio's finding a good mix with their quarterbacks. Armani Rogers got in and carried the ball 10 times and uh, was coming in for specific situations. And uh, the deep threats there for Ohio, Ohio's passing game that it hadn't been, um, and I think obviously it's a big thing for Ohio to be able to shut down Eastern. I mean, you you see that Bryant threw the ball through for 350 yards, and they threw they moved the ball. They had like 450 yards of offense, but um, I take that like I yeah, don't very much. I take think that.
0: Ohio did a good job of. Well, let me back up. Curtis Rourke, yeah, like good turnaround out of him this year, like. You know, we kind of cast him as, like, a potential QB1 headed into the air. Actually, definitely QB1 headed into the air to, all right, lost your job. You're playing at QB3 levels in the MAC, And now you're doing really, really well. Um, I like that he was able to, like, avoid pressure from Eastern's defensive line, which knows how to really get after it and make plays. Like, he stood comfortably in the pocket and did wait until the last second to make a move and evade pressure when he had to. He wasn't, you know running too early, anything like that. And a lot of those times when he's like waited, waited, waited to the last second to make a throw, you know, know, uh, 30-yard pass to uh, Isaiah Cox for a touchdown, 66-yarder to Cam Odom for an easy score. You know, Ohio did a good job of even like knowing that Eastern's defense was hurt and definitely like in the secondary where it had some injuries, they could take advantage of that, and they did. Uh, And they knew defensively if they could just – play a lot of coverage and take a lot of the passing lanes away from Ben Bryant. They're going to take away his big play opportunities and, you know, end up winning the game that way. And that's kind of how it happened. Like a lot of the throws down the stretch were just swing passes to the left, to the right, not enough downfield. And Easter needs that when they don't have a run game to lot to rely on. There I am. There I go with my old talking points. I found my old card, Caleb. Don't worry. I found my old talking points card. And here it is, first thing on the list, Eastern's run game. Got a dog on that. Got I uh, have it. Yeah, when you don't have that run game to lean on, even when Evans has a pretty good first quarter, you know, they just didn't figure things out the remaining 45 minutes of the game, so uh yeah. I mean, hey, good win by Ohio though. Really good win.
1: Yep. Uh one more thing I was going to add, uh, a lot of one thing I that's been good about Ohio's defense this year is just kind of like guys rising to the occasion and uh some new names um kind of making an impact. Remember we were talking about jet Elad last year. Now he's transferring. He's not even one of the bigger names. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone like Bryce Houston, who's become one of the, like the guys, one of the tacklers in the conference in terms of just being all over the field, um, native Ohio and, and uh, has made a big impact for them. So other guys like Glouser and Brichette and um, they've got guys all over the place that are making plays. So um, as far as Eastern goes, one more thing I wanted to ask is uh, I know that, you know, they're already, they've already reached bowl eligibility, Um, the offense is better than you probably could have even expected, even given what we anticipated they might do in terms of throwing the ball. Uh, where do you stand just on what this season is looking like right now after, you know, doing, you know, probably reaching a higher threshold than, than maybe you thought was going to happen. But now that they lose a game, they should win.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're definitely like talent wise, if there's still the, like the lingering injuries and. Eastern's defensive secondary, that's definitely going to hurt them with Western coming up and then Central coming up, too, on the road. not I don't like Eastern's chances as much now, knowing those injuries. Um, and I don't like that Eastern's defense was so slowed up. Like, Ohio did a good job, but Ohio's defense is not, like, one that I have thought Eastern would have to fear or worry about. Um, but they did. And so, I don't know. It's it's not like I thought Eastern was all like exceptional to begin with beginning of the year. They're still much more improved than I thought they would be. They're still much more improved than what they showed even in week one or week two. Um, And so I, I still like where Eastern's at moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's not like I like their odds to win the West because that's clearly going to, uh, to hammock.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and today you're looking at like, If you're looking, you're looking. How how is each of these teams feeling right now? Ohio's feeling better than Eastern, but if you were to look in hindsight and look at the start of the year and be like, Eastern six and four, Ohio's three and seven. Who's happier about it? Uh, They said if after after what ten games, who's going to be happier at that point? I mean, (laughs) it's not it's not a conversation. Uh Like Eastern is oceans of excitement, more excited about their season at six and four. So. It still blows my mind that people thought Ohio had a chance to win this division. Like, yeah, and like maybe, it's. Maybe
0: yeah, and like even looking forward to bowl season, like that's still a good opportunity to like go out and whatever game they end up playing, probably like I don't know the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I feel like it's their turn to go to that at some point. <laughs> you know, go out go out west and put up forty eight points on some other team that no one cares about, no one's going to watch the game, and no one's going <laughs> to remember it later. Yeah, I feel you know it'll, it'll be it'll be good for them.
1: Well, which game should we talk about next? Because none, I want to talk
0: about Hammock's extension. (laughs) I really want to talk about Thomas Hammock's extension. Like they're keeping that guy through 27, 28, right? Something like that. I think Uh, it was 26,
1: 27, but he was supposed to be through 24. So yeah,
0: such a great hire. Like a few months ago, we thought hot seat potentially, (laughs) you know, we thought, Maybe this guy is going to be coaching himself out of here. Who knows? Maybe he might get a contract extension even if he has a bad season just so he can recruit and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Maybe one of those situations will happen. I don't know. But I did not see, of course, the season that they're having, right? They're, like, closing in on going to Detroit if everything, you know, finishes out nicely for them. Uh, But the fact that he's getting this extension, like, he has earned – every damn penny of this. And I'm glad that they did this now and not waited till like December or like a few months from now to do this. Like hammock is officially a great hire for NIU hammock is proven that what, what he's doing works and that there's a lot of reason to believe that, you know, this team's going to do more good things later on down the road. No matter who walks through that door, shit, man, he's on his second quarterback already. He's doing. I mean, pretty good with someone who I thought that wasn't going to be good. Yeah,
1: they, they, they are in a weird, such a weird place where they are exactly who they want to be, in in the sense of like playing to their identity and we'll do whatever it takes to win. We'll change the game plan. We'll we want to run the ball, but and we do have an identity, but we're we will change it. We'll we have guys who came here with no recognition and are going to be the guys who exceed. And, I mean, you have a guy who came in as a walk-on, set the school record for receiving yards in a game. Mm-hmm. You've got starters at like tight end and offensive line and defensive line in the secondary who were, who were walk-ons. They get they lose guys in the secondary and at the running back skill position spots, and they just do not miss a beat. You you're you've lost two straight Bronstein games to Ball State, and you could argue Ball State's in a better position as a program heading into this game, honestly. Uh, if because NIU could just as quickly fall off and just show that those one score games like that they they had to regress to a mean but no like there's something really special about how bought in NIU is to this cultural like identity that Hammock has brought back to the NIU football program like they all buy it they all love what those coaches espouse you watch the videos of them in the locker room and like how what they're how much they share like that common sense of identity. And it's very obvious how bought in they are. You're not going to have, like you'll still always have like people leaving the program and transfers and stuff, but I think those days are done. Like winning obviously cures a lot, but when you have so many guys who are completely bought into what the coaches are selling and what the, what the, like this, what the words are around the program are like, everyone wants to be there. They, they, they relish going to work every day. They, um, you see the results on the scoreboard and it just builds that excitement more and more and more people talking about you. People are celebrating you. The national media starts paying attention. Like NIU is in such a damn good place right now. And all they got to do is win one more game. And everything about this season is unmitigated success. It already is like an unmitigated success, but one more and you're like, holy shit, this is one of the most fun teams the Mac has put together in recent years.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like, well, I think just a quick note, like one of my favorite things that hammock has done to brand his program Like one phrase specifically that he's used to brand his program uh, that I think is really good and we should all take with us uh, outside of sports is uh, no one cares, work harder. Like, that's a really, really good branding message to set to NIU, who has seen the glory years, right? And when we talk about all these football programs, have it be Michigan, have it be Nebraska, have it be Texas, have it be USC, have it be Florida... Uh, LSU even, like there's always these glory years that we talk about, you know, can't get enough of it. You know, NIU can't get enough of the Orange Bowl year. Can't stop talking about Jordan Lynch, blah, blah, blah. Things were so good. And things have been shit after that. And it took, you know, someone saying, hey, yeah, all these years were great. Hey, yeah, all you guys on my team right now were pretty good at the, I don't know, Illinois uh, high school state championships the past few years, you know, yeah, that's all well and good. We got a MAG championship to win in 2021 right now. So I don't care what we looked like before. I don't care what we what you guys looked like last week. I don't care that we just beat Toledo. I don't care that we beat Ball State uh, and it might have been an ugly win. But you know what? We, we still got another game to win. You know, we still have a team to brand. And... The only way we do that is if we just shut up and keep working hard. And that's the same mentality that, you know, NIU wanted to search for with doing things the hard way. They're just doing it with different words. And it took someone in the know to do something so effective like that with his branding. So, uh, yeah, shouts out to Hammock for, like, knowing what he knows about his position. Because I don't know if, you know, and he's one of these guys where, like, I said it about uh, Mike New last year, right? where he doesn't make sense to be the head coach at literally, oh, I don't know, 130 other FBS programs. But he makes sense at Ball State. I don't know if Thomas Hammock would make sense for any other FBS program, but now I'm really curious. But he, even if he wouldn't work well at literally any other FBS program, he's making a whole lot of sense for NIU right now.
1: I, I As good as things look for NIU right now, the, the defense still has like massive flaws that I'm still kind of like, oh man, they could get absolutely exposed at some point. And I mean, they, they did, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they have they multiple did. times. They did early in the season. That's fair. Um, but my thinking is they're going to keep recruiting like really solid defenders. And they're, I mean, the depth obviously is always seems to always be there now with who they've got the skill position spots and some of these other spots. Uh, I think given like another year or two i don't know if the defense is going to look like the same but there sure is shit going to be more talented on defense yeah and that should scare the piss out of <laughs> out of the other teams in the mac
0: are there any other uh teams or players or units around the mac that should be scaring one another in here i'm going to start with lou nichols
1: oh uh, yeah absolutely that's dude, exactly lou nichols, this conversation needs to go
0: <laughs> fucking unreal man like is it safe to say that he should be the max MVP this year already? Like, I think so. I'm because I'm I'm fully there. No one I has think, knows, no one has impressed me as consistently or as overwhelmingly in any singular performance than he has this year.
1: He's such a. He, I love the way he freaking runs. Like he'll make he'll make like a like he the, did one of his touchdown runs last night. He I makes know a exactly which the, one you're
0: talking about and, too. Yeah
1: makes a cut in the backfield, immediately gets north-south, like doesn't dance around, doesn't like, yeah, he had to make him cut, but then he just dead straight ahead, truck stick, could have, you know, tried to avoid contact instead, just blows through the chest of uh, Kent State defender, well, and I'm just like. And
0: in between like the one cut, so like he handed the ball, was he did like a hard, like he was like right behind like his left guard, right, did like a hard slide to the right to get, you know, the outside linebacker onto like the far right side to bite. One step that way, head up field, get that linebacker to dive inside and miss. Okay? He kind of, like, loses his balance a little bit, lands on one leg, collects his balance, and gets himself ready to, like, lower the hit and, like, deliver it towards, like, the Akron safety. Maybe safeties, I think it was. And he still got lower and had more leverage than the defender and got that fourth touchdown. That uh, just unreal, man. Now here's a now here's thing. Here's a thing. He's already the defending Mac freshman of the year. He is technically a freshman this year. Could we have a <laughs> a two-time Mac freshman of the year? That's just an open question. I'm not saying, <laughs> should he be eligible for doing that? Absolutely
1: not. But I don't think he should be, no. Um, but maybe they don't have to give it to him. if They just give him MVP. Like, they give him the Vern Smith or... Uh, Just offensively, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, Vern Smith is MVP, and I just think that should just be his.
1: I mean, shit. Like, if I, okay, so Nichols was like one of the guys who, like, the second they started handing him the ball ball with any consistency last year, he immediately like became the guy, even though they already had good backs, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it was like obvious after like two games at all oh, he's going to be good, good. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, because and, it was
0: like him and Kobe Lewis and like they were both good, but yeah. it, like we kind of looked at each other and we're like, I think the freshman's better. I think the freshman's a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at, uh, like just looking at his like performances this year um, and good for seeing him for one, getting another guy from, from Detroit, making that work. Um, but uh, so Nichols, I think early in the year struggled a little bit with a few games, but that I think that had more to do with just like the offensive play calling and what they were doing. They he game by game, if I'm going uh, in reverse order, obviously he had 215 yards on 43 carries, uh, four touchdowns. His long run was actually 23, mm-hmm. uh, which you would think would be more, but I mean it doesn't have to be. He just pounds dudes between the tackles. Um, so game by game. Looking at the first game of the season, 135 yards right off the bat against Missouri. Um, and I remember thinking, like, oh, shoot, like, Central showing out against Missouri. This is good. Didn't know how bad Missouri was yet, honestly. Um, but still good. 79 yards on the ground against Robert Morris. Again, didn't tote the rock an absolute ton. I think yeah, it but it's
0: yet. against FCS. You can just write that off. Yeah. Yeah. As long as the team is, who cares?
1: Yeah, 12 carries 18 yards against LSU. Like, eh, yeah, you know, that's LSU um goes for 152 against uh FIU they actually kind of Miami shut him down 12 for 21 yards and then at, everything after that was just full team ahead 186 yards on the ground and a touchdown against Ohio or yeah against Ohio kind of just took it to them 136 yards on the ground against Toledo um, and, and note during a lot of these games, he's actually catching three, four, five passes as well. Uh, seven catches against Toledo, for example, and six catches against uh, Northern Illinois. Uh, 192 yards on the ground, and IU still finds a, you know, finds a way to do that. And um, against Western, 163 yards, two touchdowns, 26 carries, and 61 yarder. He had a 66 yarder against Northern Kent State. And then yeah yeah Kent State forty three two hundred fifteen like I'm waiting for like the Caleb Huntley <laughs> like I, I, it's like you know what, I don't you don't need to compare him to Caleb Huntley because he's already maybe potentially past where Caleb Huntley was like Caleb Huntley was so fun and like at his peak was uh, incredible like they I think they're very comparable in terms of where Huntley was at his absolute best versus where. Uh, He, where uh, Lou Nichols is at right now,
0: I can see that, yeah, because it's not like Huntley was like fully healthy either, right? Because I feel like in 2020, he missed a lot of time with an injury, 2018, I believe, he was also hurt. Uh, and Lou Nichols has definitely got the durability on him, but it doesn't matter, like, we're talking peak for peak versus peak, they're healthy during peak times. Uh, Lou Nichols is awesome, uh, he might. Go, shit. He might he could go to the NFL as a third year freshman, right? <laughs> Cuz he only got to be out of school for for 3 years, so. Um in any case, he's a future Sunday guy. Uh even more immediately in the future, a uh, Mac MVP guy a little bit after that. He's probably if he sticks around to Central, which he probably will for the next year, maybe two. Um he's going to be like the max guy, like the same way that Jarrett Patterson was the Mac's guy heading into 2020. Lou Nichols is going to be that guy because like a lot of these seniors are going to be graduated. Like they're going to be, we're going to be without Justin Hall in 2022. We're going to be, let's see. Like, I don't think the Mac is going to put like if Lou Nichols like has his MVP year this year, right? But NIU still goes to the Mac championship and let's say wins it. Uh, doesn't really matter over who in the East, because Dustin Crum will be graduated too. Like, would the Mac like use Rocky Lombardi as the Mac superstar over uh, Lou Nichols, even if Lou Nichols has a better 2021 individually, but NIU wins the championship? Like, how do you think like the Mac would go about branding itself in relation to using those two?
1: Well, I think, first of all, that the Mac needs to brand itself with John Richardson as the face of the conference. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Dude.
0: So, yeah, was he well, – I, I think it was you that said that. Was he trying to find the trophy?
1: <laughs> yeah, just... that's that, – that. according to Eddie Cariffio, my former boss's uh, uh, article, it was that they had planned the celebration for after they won the game. Um, they were going to go straight to the bench, pick up the trophy, and start celebrating. And Richardson made a beeline for the trophy – where he thought it was going to be and couldn't find it. So after like 10 seconds of him, like spinning in circles and doing goofy shit, he gives up and just starts going like in my veins and shit. Yeah. You know, kind of um, one of my favorite celebrations I've seen from a kicker recently. And then uh, um, they found the trophy because they brought it out of the locker. Like it wasn't on the field. God. Like they had that somebody had to bring it out. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. So that's what happened Anyway, Lombardi actually would be a fun guy to kind of like make the face of the league. He's got a nickname. He's got a fun name to say. He's done some exciting things and big moments, led them on big drives. He's a big, he's the big time player. And yeah, NIU quarterback? High-time. You know, he's, he he very much could be the face of the league. And if central was the team right now, then I think you could make a pretty good argument for him. And I think that despite the fact that, I would see Nichols as the better individual player. Lombardi's got the, the pizzazz right now, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know who could have been the the face of the league in like twenty twenty three though, but that's just not gonna be the case. Big red. Big red. <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring it up just one more time. Is there anything else that interests us in the league as we like close out these final two weeks? Um, oh, I do have one thing of, of note. I'm not going to be able to watch it, but next week we got Saturday Maction back, baby. Maction sure
1: on the Saturday. On the wagon, wheel, the wagon wheel. The Afro on wagon wheel.
0: I think that was it. I, I, just, I just really needed to get that out there for the public to hear. Bowling
1: green is bad, and they should feel bad.
0: Uh, Bowling Green is bad. They should feel bad. Uh, so is Akron. Akron, you know, fuck man. I had took...
1: Gibson so much better than he was last year, though.
0: Say it again Sorensen.
1: That Zach Gibson and the Akron oh, offense Gibson. is so much better than it was last year, but it doesn't matter because they're still bad.
0: He led the game in Western in passing,
1: he, yeah. beat, he was the dude. better passer. <laughs> yes, dude. I'm like, dude, he they are good. Like, like or not they're good. Gibson they're is improved. so much better. They're so much improved in so many ways. And I get that like as Akron you're like we've we're, we have the error of the guy like we've got issues and he's 3 and 24 of his last 27 or whatever over or over his time. So you're basically acknowledging we are getting better, but if this is the rate at which we're getting better, we need to start from scratch again and hire somebody who can get us to in contention for a MAC championship, like, quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, You're basically saying, we're only hiring somebody we think is going to get us to a championship level, and and, and that's, like, the point, right? That's, like, the point of sports is to compete at a championship level. Um, I will say I would love to have seen what Akron looked like a year from now, but I don't think that they would have been in any type of contention. They just would have been better. Yeah, because I think, like... not enough.
0: Yeah, they're, like good in spots, but they're not deep at any position.
1: No, there's
0: like no, like the receiver room looks a little bit better with a couple places, but those guys can be replaced easily. Like there's no one after them. Um, Yeah. I mean, I was really hoping for, for Akron to win. Uh, I was really, really as a Mexican Filipino myself uh, was really rooting (laughs) for Oscar Rodriguez to uh, get the win. As the interim head coach, because there's only like, I don't know, five Mexicans coaching football around the world. That's hyperbole, but also kind of true. Um, and so, you know, I was excited to see that it was like as high scoring as it was. Not surprised by that. Uh, just really wanted Akron to win. I also had money on the game, so there's that. <laughs> but and I'm happy that it was as close as it was. And that that with saying, hey there's a couple of good players might mean something for Akron later but like I said, by the time like the new coach comes in by the time he starts recruiting and you know starts doing thing his way everyone on the roster right now is gonna be pretty much gone. Um, maybe there's gonna be a few hangers-on that could be contributors later. We see that every once in a while but your your chances of like even finding those guys are really low with Akron
1: and it, um, it needs to be like can <clears throat> out of Monfield. Yeah,
0: but I also like, I don't know, I kind of wonder what Akron does moving forward. Like one, like who they hire, right? Of course, like what priorities are they going to have? How much of uh, I'm an I'm a Northeast Ohio boy. How much of that are they going to try to hire? How much are they going to try to hire a schemer? How much are they going to try to hire like an Akron ambassador? How much are they going to try to hire someone with fucking Michigan ties for all we know? Are they going to hire an alum? There's a lot of questions left to be had for Akron right there, but I think
1: uh, I think that they're all in all likely to get a target target a an alum or somebody with like a pedigree. mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't think they're going to go after going the local slash like lower level football route. I don't. I doubt they do it again, Mm -hmm. but they still could do like the ambassador. They could do the former the former uh, coach or player like for all we know we're looking at like Charlie Fry as the Mm -hmm. next Akron coach who knows
0: yeah no matter what like they need to at least even if it's not the head coach they still need to find a way to have a room full of coaches that know how to recruit in Ohio and win some of these like mid-level guys and try to steal a recruit away from Toledo try to steal away a recruit from Buffalo try to steal away a recruit from uh from Miami and win that way because that's the name of the game in recruiting in the Mac It's just stealing just enough of each other's guys to make it work out. Cause everyone's got like the exact same recruiting footprint for the most part. Uh, and Akron's just not winning that right now. Maybe they're going to be coming into a time where they're going to hire someone with excitement as, I don't know, maybe Kent, maybe Kent State's Sean Lewis gets hired away this cycle. Who knows? Uh, Bold, bold prediction. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think he'll be the head coach in, uh, next year. I'm going to be totally wrong about that, but I'm going to say it now. Um, maybe that that could be a situation where Akron's like, hey, you know, well, Kent State's still figuring stuff out and trying to, you know, trying to figure out how to, like, re-excite itself after losing the exciting guy. Uh, I could see that as a possibility for Akron. But it's still – it's going to be so hard for them to find even a hammock to find success like that in like year three or any success in year three, it's just going to be so hard for Akron to do, but you do have the transfer portal and that's something to consider for the next head coach. Like yeah. turnarounds can happen quicker is what I'm trying to say with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, they can always go the Juco route. Akron has done that in recent years. It's also burdened them a little bit too. So we'll see. It's, I am very interested in, Um, to see what direction like less so the person more so like the background i'm curious of what they're looking for right now
0: and boom goes the dynamite